Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Yes, and then Renault traffic sales event now on. Time on with Sam Edmund. Yes, good evening, everyone. We're now into time on on this Monday, June 7. I'm Sam Edmund. If you're in Melbourne, I hope you're surviving okay. But regardless of where you're listening this evening, I hope the day has been kind. So strap yourselves in. We're about to bring you up to speed on the latest developments in the AFL and the wider world of sport. We like to think of this as your one-stop shop for the next hour. And if you haven't had the chance to have your say today on something from the weekend that has stayed with you or left an impression on you, there might be some Carlton supporters still Amongst the few out of the several thousand that haven't rung into SEN today, the lines are open all show, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 433 And on Twitter, of course, we can be found at the same old place, time on SEN. But as we do each and every Monday at this time, let's start with the bulletin board. What about Sergio Perez? He's won the Azerbaijan Formula One Grand Prix. What a day of drama it was on Baku City Circuit. And Red Bull's Perez emerged victorious in a race that had Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen failing to get a point. Hamilton locked his brakes, careered into the runoff area at the start of a two-lap sprint to the flag. And that restart was caused because of this Max Verstappen tyre failure. It can go right down to the chequered flag. And look at... Oh! And that's Max Verstappen! Max Verstappen on the main straight, leading this race, now out of this race. Sergio Perez leads from Lewis Hamilton. YouTuber Logan Paul, he's gone the distance, can you believe it, with boxing legend Floyd Mayweather in their eight-round exhibition fight in Miami. Mayweather admitted afterwards that Paul was, well, he was better than he thought after no winner was declared. Or was there? Because Floyd had a winner and it was him. When money comes, let's see who's the real winner. Because at the end of the day, I'm going into the Hall of Fame for boxing. And um, I, don't, I have nothing to prove. They're ha- if they're happy with holding eight rounds, you know, dancing and grappling for eight rounds, congratulations. Tasmanian cyclist Richie Port's become only the second Australian to win the Criterium de Dauphiné in France after maintaining his lead to the finish line in the eighth and final stage in the Alps last night. It is the sixth World Tour stage race win of Richie Port's career. To win it, finally, I've been so close so many times, but uh, to, to win this race, I'm 36 years old, so it's sweet. I mean, it wasn't easy, but, you know, it was as straightforward as, as possible. Phil Anderson, the last Aussie to win that race way back in 1985. Tennis great Roger Federer has attracted criticism from some sections of the tennis world after pulling out of the French Open to save himself for Wimbledon. Uh, Roger Federer, 39 years of age, he's undergone two knee ops, spent more than a year in rehabilitation, said he needed to listen to his body. England 
Well, they've drawn the first test against New Zealand after choosing not to chase down the 273 runs that would have got them the win on the final day. Instead, they crept slowly to three for 170 from 70 overs. Jared Whateley was not happy earlier today. England plays old-fashioned cricket. Don't lose and then worry about winning down the track. It's the most spineless approach to the game. St Kilda pair, Seb Ross, Tim Membry, they've left the Saints travelling party ahead of this week's game against Adelaide, most likely in Cairns, to be with their families. Ross has had newborn twins and Membry's partner's about to give birth soon. Here's St Kilda Chief Operating Officer Simon Lethleen with Gary and Tim on SEM Breakfast this morning. Yeah, they headed home after the game Saturday. Um, so they're not with us right now and um, I guess unlikely to be able to join us uh, for this game this week, wherever that might be. If it's in Sydney, it's probably a bit easier, but if it's uh, if it cans, it's probably unlikely. But, yeah, they're both headed back for, for various reasons. The Brisbane Lions have decided against challenging Dane Zorko's one-match ban at the Tribunal for that elbow to the face of Tom McDonald. It was graded intentional, high and low impact. The Lions spent much of the weekend on it, but just couldn't find an avenue where they could argue it down to careless conduct. So you know what we do now? Let's grab a jumper, shall we? We're in this together for the next hour. one 736 736 or off the temper text 0433 What stirred you over the weekend in sport? What angered you? What excited you? And what did you love? On the show this evening, we'll have the Coach's Corner, the best of the post-match press conferences from across the weekend. And we'll present the Magoo's Report again, a condensed Magoo's Report, of course, given the VFL's been, well, been put into a hiatus. So we'll bring you up to speed on who's putting their hands up in the waffle, the sandful, and some practice matches around the place. We'll also close out the show with our regular segment. There might be a bit of this tonight. What grinds your gears? You know what really grinds my gears? Your chance to get something off your chest that you've stewed on all Monday and all over the weekend and work and life have got in the way. Well, we'll play counsellor to whatever's grinding your gears from the weekend a little later on in the show. I had a few things I wanted to talk about, but off the top, some pretty significant news given that Carlton have been the big story of the day. It's come from Sam McClure at The Age and he's reporting that the Blues are set to launch an external review on the club's football department which is expected to decide the future of David Teague and his assistants. Now, you would have heard Bob Murphy moments ago. He described it as gutless and that the club should be taking on the review internally rather than externally. But McClure is reporting that the incoming president there, Luke Sayers, of course, taking over from Mark LaGiudice, has been in Sydney with the team where they're currently set up and he's been conducting informal interviews with several senior players and coaches and that the review of the football department, which will be implemented by Sayers and conducted by outsiders, will begin in the coming weeks. That's a pretty significant development, that one on Carlton's season, which lurched from bad to worse, didn't it, with that uh, loss on Sunday afternoon against a drastically weakened West Coast up at the SCG. So uh, Sam McClure reporting that via theage.com.au just before we went to air. Just before we move on to other subjects ever so briefly, Let's go to Glenn in Glenroy. You can open the batters for in Glenn because I know you want to talk about the Blues. Frank, sorry, Frank. You're in Glenroy. Would be strange, Glenn from Glenroy. Sorry, Frank. Far away. <laughs> yeah, here you going? Um, yeah, okay. So you can see that Carlton don't have the pressure of Richmond. No, they don't have the uh, structure like Melbourne. Like you watch Melbourne on TV, and you can just see their defensive zone. It's it's like vertical players lining all in a line. Um, what I'm confused about with 
the, the direction Teague's taking is he's not being bold. Now, you can see Sard, it's not working really up back. And, and with um, uh, Zach Williams, why can't you try him through the... I mean, we tried Zach Williams through the midfield. That hasn't worked. But, you know, maybe try him up forward. Try, try something different. Like, you look at Murphy, you look at Settlefield. They, they don't have that intense pressure. It, it's, it's always in a jog pace. Why can't you bring in younger kids and, and, and see what they're made of? Teague's got to start getting bold. His career's on the line. I just, I just don't understand it. Like it just, so it's like we're comfortable playing these 20-point losses. Try something different. Get creative. Uh, good on you, Frank. Appreciate your call. Well, they did play a kid. They got a 12-gamer and they decided to play him on the most dangerous forward in the ground. Uh, that was Stocker on Liam Ryan, of course. Uh, a midfielder, Liam Stocker, and he was at fullback at various points of the game. Oh, boy, so many issues there. Just the lack of intensity, though, off the top, if you're a Carlton supporter, was galling, wasn't it? Those first three goals from West Coast came ridiculously easy. So issues everywhere for the Blues, whether they be personnel, as you mentioned, positional, as you mentioned, or just basic instruction and and, and the lack of a really solid defensive game plan appear to be jumping off the page at the moment, don't they? Appreciate the call, Frank. Uh, just before we move on, Greg's in Murrelbark. Greg, your thoughts on the Blues? Mate, I, uh, I've got to go against the grain at the moment, mate, because everyone seems to be giving the Blues a bit of a uh, a bit of a thick ear. But I reckon it's absolutely fantastic, mate. They're taking the pressure off us. They make North Melbourne look pretty good at the moment. So, <laughs> good on your Blues. Cheers. Yeah, righto, Greg. I love a sarcastic one early. Appreciate that. Um, we'll come back to the Blues as well. I know Sean's on the line. He wants to talk about the Blues from Diamond Creek. Sean, what do you think? Obviously, the news just dropping that the Blues are about to conduct an external review. And I think it was always thought they'd conduct a review of the football department if they didn't make finals. But clearly, they're wasting no time. They might even get started um, a little bit earlier. Yeah, just um, with uh, Teague and the coaching, uh, coaching, I don't know if you heard the press conference yesterday. I, I don't know if Teague, I don't know if Teague, I don't know if he was watching the same game, but he said that we started well. Now, I don't know if you watched the game, but I don't think we started well. Now, the other thing is, why, I know Murphy's been a, you know, a good player, he's been a great player for the club. Why are we so held down on getting the 300 games? We're just losing you there, Sean. We might have lost you. I don't know if you, your phone's yeah, dropping. Yeah, there you go. No, we lost you. We'll come back to you, Sean. But, uh, yeah, I, I take your point. One of the big issues for mine was in talking about conversion and um, and skill level. For mine, I don't know why. He never talks about the defence. The Blues just cannot defend at the moment. Uh, behind the ball, um, it, it appears a selfish sort of setup, a lack of coverage for each other. Um, and as I said, the coast-to-coast goals from West Coast Eagles are early, ridiculously easy. Um, so you're welcome to have your say on that as well throughout the rest of the evening. We'll just move on slightly. We might come back to the Blues. Fixture, obviously, a big talking point. Thursday night football returns this week for the first time since round five, but the game between Port Adelaide and Geelong in limbo at the moment, given the South Australian government is yet to grant a travel exemption for the Cats to enter the state to play 
Port Adelaide. They're likely to receive the Cats, I'm told, special permission to fly out of Adelaide after the airport's curfew, which is the move that will uh, keep this game on a Thursday night. The 7.40 start time, Eastern, 7.10 local, has put the AFL in something of a tricky spot given the same-day travel protocols that Collingwood were made to follow for a day game simply can't be followed by Geelong because of this airport's 11 o'clock curfew. There is the option to push the game back to an empty, empty Saturday afternoon slot, but the league and the broadcaster Channel 7 clearly want the game played on Thursday night, given its proven rating success. Seven's already lost the Round 14 West Coast Richmond Thursday night game, which has been moved forward to this Sunday night. So Geelong was tonight put into home lockdown in preparation for the flight to Adelaide after a day of meetings that actually saw all planning still centred on this game staying in its Thursday night slot. But the... Adelaide Airport Curfew Act does clearly state that Adelaide's curfew is not a blanket restriction. This is what the Cats are thinking at the moment, that the restrictions don't apply in cases of exceptional circumstances for which the relevant minister there in South Australia may grant dispensation for aircraft to operate when they would not otherwise be allowed to do so. We know SA Health didn't want Collingwood staying the night uh, pre-game and they won't want the Cats unless there's a big backflip staying the night post-game in this game against the Power. So they've got to get out there on the day of the game and I think this, uh, this uh, I guess, exceptional circumstances application to uh, the curfew at Adelaide Airport will see them get out. All uh, Cats players and staff, they did undergo COVID tests uh, this morning and like Collingwood, they're going to be put through a pretty rigorous process to get uh, in and out of Adelaide over the course of the next few days. They'll be tested again before leaving. They'll be tested again upon landing. They'll have to wait for those tests to be negative before facing the power and uh, potentially flying out that night. Paddy Dangerfield might be on the trip as well. Could be as many as five inclusions for the Cats for this trip to Adelaide Oval. Mark Blitzhouse, who was a laid out before the buy. Mitch Duncan will play. He's got concussion. Cam Guthrie with a shoulder will be in the mix to play as well. And Mark O'Connor in the frame to come back from that hamstring injury. Of course, Paddy Dangerfield hasn't played since round five. Off the text, Sam, why come back to the Blues? Same old story, 20 years of who cares? That's from Daryl in Reservoir. Well, Enzo might change the subject. He's been waiting patiently on the line uh, from up there in Echuca. How are you doing, Enzo? Uh, uh, fantastic. Um, uh, I want to give a plug to a um, bloke in his third season. He's a little fella. He's, he, he had a good first year. He had a second year blues last year um everybody really all, all the supporters of this particular player to this club said this kid was no good they said he's too short he's too slow he can't kick over a tin jan he can't kick 30 meters he's not going to make it he's no good but i tell you what he's little he's brave he's blonde he's charlie spargo you got to give him a rap for it for his size he plays way above his weight and um got to give a shout out to Charlie Spargo, he's proven 100% of all Melbourne supporters. I think about 99% of supporters read him off because he was short, which is ridiculous, but he's proved them all along. I always backed him. So give a shout-out to the little fella, Charlie Spargo. He's a star. Beautifully done, Enzo. Well said. Uh, your love for Charlie Spargo certainly gets himself into the right spots, doesn't he? And he does all the great things without the ball that you love in your players. And every club needs a Charlie Spargo or two. Thanks for the call, Enzo. News just in from the uh, MRO. Nathan Wilson, Fremantle defender, charged with striking Cody Waitman of the Dogs, of course. Last quarter of this match last night over at Optus Stadium. So it's a one-match sanction with an early plea. This uh, incident has been assessed by Michael Christian as intentional, low impact and groin contact, of course. So it's a one-match ban. The other incidents assessed and thrown out 
Adam Saad on Brad Shepard. Of course, Brad Shepard heavily concussed in this one. No case to answer for Adam Saad and uh, the only other incidents mentioned as per the MRO run sheet. We'll have to talk uh, after the break about Andrew McGrath. Bad news for him. Uh, it's a PCL injury, so 8 to 12 weeks for Andrew McGrath with that knee injury. Probably puts his season in doubt, which is a real shame for the Bombers who had found the ultimate silver lining in the face of those early season injury troubles that had Merritt, Parrish and McGrath, the midfield trio, absolutely up and running there. So 8 to 12 weeks, that'll be a race against time for him as well. Jack Higgins, I want to talk about him after the break as well. And the Channel 7 uh, AFL account, uh, Twitter account, posed a thought-provoking tweet earlier today as well. They asked, has Lance Franklin been better as a hawk or a swan? You won't believe how consistent Lance has been over the journey and how close his two uh, stints at either club actually match up. And surely, folks, Nick Cox gets the draft nomination tonight. Rising star nomination. 23 touches and 1-1. Yes, Caleb Poulter was good too, Collingwood fans. But whoever gets it shortly will be a deserving nominee, of course. But without speaking too soon again on this, surely Nick Cox gets it tonight. Surely. If you're saying, listen, this is why it's important for Max to get to contests because he doesn't have to mark them, he just has to bring it to ground. And actually, in the last quarter, he was fantastic. And then you lord him. You lord Max for his efforts in the last quarter. So, no, I think I think you just got to make sure you call it as you say, try and be constructive. And, you know, some people don't like it. That's fair enough. I thought there was a bit of a shift in attitude where they were, they were prepared to take, you know, a slight risk through the middle of the ground. If, if the kick was there, they would take it. And what they did, they got it in there before Adelaide could get their defensive structure set. Uh, Jamie Elliott's got a match-up against McPherson, who hasn't played a lot of footy. It was favourable. He had three before, as you said, you got out of your car. But... I came away from that game, and on the captain's run on Friday, I was you know, speaking about the Collingwood situation and you know, what a mess it has been. But I came away there from Adelaide. I was there live for the first time with some real optimism about what the future may look like. You know, not all doom and gloom. Could you honestly say Carlton laid it all out there? That they came to the contest with a ferocity and intense that was the most basic requirement. Did they hunt and harass? Were they tireless and relentless? Did they sprint to the next contest and defend within an inch of their lives? Did they fully comprehend what was expected and required? No. What we saw in Carlton yesterday with a team that is comfortable losing. But stay here. Follow the course that Dustin's mapped out for you. That that that's the that's what happens. Put a five-year uh, period together of, of absolute brilliance and excellence. Become a marquee player in the competition, then cash in. Th- this kid's going nowhere. I mean, why would you leave? Carlton's four and eight, and as far as 2021 goes, right now irrelevant for the rest of, for the as yeah. this season sits right now. So you and I can sit here wanting to talk about Carlton all day long, but but they're a blip on the radar this season, and that's the. Hardest thing for for Carlton people to admit going into the bye that their season is already done Damn. and they are cooked. It is. Well, the Monday mix, some of the topics that have been mixed around on SEN throughout the course of a very busy Monday morning and Monday afternoon. We're off and running here for time on, all thanks to Essendon GWM Havel. The Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on. And Tempo, of course, a mattress like no other. We're talking Carlton external reviews, Geelong's. Airport curfew, exemptions, injuries, rising star nominations, the whole bit here. Just off the temper text, Dom has suggested rising star chance for round 12. Josh Tracy, 
Three excellent set-shot goals and a mark in the third quarter on fast, direct lead was imposing. He'll soon be crunching unsuspecting defenders in the hole with that fierce approach. I agree with you, Dom. He is a chance for this week. For tonight, he looks good too. I like the look of him. Hits the ball hard, hits the man hard. He certainly catches the eye, Josh Tracy. They've got a good one there, the Dockers. I agree with you. Greg's in Blackburn. He's waited very patiently. Greg, have I got this right? You're a Melbourne supporter, but you're pretty. You're feeling anxious about Richmond. Am I right? You are right. I agree with the – g'day, Sam. How you going, mate? I agree with the previous caller about uh, Charlie Spargo, by the way. If you've got a, a mosquito fleet that tackles and, and more importantly, has goal sense, uh, you're a long way on, on going well. Look, Melbourne, uh, Footscray game, unbelievable. Brisbane, best best uh, game we've played. But beware the Tigers. I'm, I'm so nervous about them. They are that, – that last 20 minutes, when they flicked the switch – was scintillating. Yep. It was. It really was. Last seven goals of the game, wasn't it, Greg? They they are getting their mojo back and the personnel that, that comes with it, although they've just lost Dion Prestia to yet another hamstring. That hurts them, but they get um, they get Kane Lambert back, uh, who's pretty handy inclusion next week. They are an awesome side. But, but, but Greg, Melbourne are the premiership yep. favourites, aren't they? No, they're not. <laughs> whatever gets you whatever gets you through the second half of the season Greg I'm all for it mate whatever helps you I can understand your nervousness and and you mentioned um <laughs> Charlie Spargo what about James Jordan 13 touches in the second half um going back to Friday night and and Tommy Sparrow as well it's just a, a lesson I reckon those younger players at Melbourne when you get to train with good players who have good habits you get better quicker, don't you? And Melbourne haven't always have that, but they've absolutely got it at the moment. A solid culture, good work ethic, and plenty of examples to work off. Uh, they are as well-placed as anyone, Greg. How about we agree on that? Appreciate your call, Greg. Uh, he's got uh, Richmond just up the top, though. That uh, makes him feel a little bit better about life at the moment, and that's fair enough. Jack Higgins, six coaches votes he got for the game against Sydney. Would have been a no-brainer. Ten if that 1-6 was 6-1. He did have the 23 touches, 12 marks on a weekend, in which, it must be said, he wasn't the only one to spray them in front of the sticks. I know Jamie Elliott kicked six straight. What about that for a turn game in Collingwood's gutsy win over Adelaide? But up the other end in that game, Tex Walker kicked two goals, six, and Aaron Norton might have taken 13 marks, some of them absolutely incredible against the Dockers, and he was unbelievable in the air. He kicked one goal, five. So Higgins has become the focus of some criticism. I'm not sure, I don't know what you think. I'm not sure if it was bad enough to warrant the Saints doing a ring around over some headlines, was it? But a couple of cheeky Missy Higgins headlines had uh, St Kilda Chief Operating Officer Simon Lethlin doing the ring around, but he was good enough, Higgins, to get the coaches' votes from both coaches at the weekend, obviously. Brett Ratton did give one to Max King in that one-goal five performance against Geelong earlier in the year, so perhaps no surprise Higgins was in the votes. It was a heck of a game. Goal-kicking aside, off the text, Dean's just dropped one. Goal-kicking is a disgrace to a sport that requires kicking as its main principle. We had some strange ones, Dean, uh, over the weekend, didn't we? Sam, I've been saying strong on this all year. Carlton are unfit. They look like a team limping to the finish line in round 23. Andrew Russell's position is untenable. That's from Aaron. I don't know about the latter point, Aaron, but it doesn't look good uh, in terms of the fitness. And We can only judge from the outside looking in, but I think statistically they're the worst uh, red team uh, time, uh, red time team in the competition. Late in quarters, they are outscored more than any other team at the moment, the Blues. So whether that's concentration, application, fitness, all of the above, 
certainly uh, all goes into the mix to have you asking yet another series of questions about the Blues. This one's from Ron. Can I ask a question, please, Sam? Why does the AFL game of football warrant special circumstances, quote, unquote, especially when we can't even play games in regional Victoria? Well, I think you can now, can't you, Ron? I'm pretty sure regional footy's back on. Have I got that right? Pretty sure it is. Why is the AFL so privileged? Well, the AFL is a professional sporting organisation and uh, I, for one, am really glad it stayed on last year and came back because it gave a lot of people a lot of joy when there wasn't much else to look forward to. Um, And it's a big money business. Um, So I don't have a problem with that. Um, It's going ahead at the moment, albeit under some difficulty. So uh, hopefully that game goes ahead on Thursday night, Geelong and Port Adelaide in Adelaide with a um, a few protocols that the Cats will obviously have to follow. Finally... As just announced by the AFL Exchange boys, Nick Cox, we did float this earlier, is the Rising Star nominee for this round. Round 12, 23 disposals, eight marks, seven score involvements and one goal. Not everyone's been on the Nick Cox train, but I certainly have been. And yes, as you pointed out on Twitter earlier today, Caleb Poulter did have a good uh, game for Collywood and has been good for, uh, for what we've seen of him throughout this year. But Nick Cox just on the balance of uh, the start that he's made to his career. Good to see him get the nomination. I think he's second on the line of betting and hadn't been nominated before tonight. So he gets it. The round 12 NAB rising star goes to Nick Cox. So Essendon break through there in the rising star front. I mentioned Buddy Franklin. Has he been a better hawk or a swan? 2005 to 2013 at Hawthorne and 2014 and ongoing at the Swans. How's this? All Australian four times at each club. Coleman medal twice at each club. Three grand finals at the Hawks, two at the Swans. Average goals, 3.19 at the Hawks, 3.09 at the Swans. Average goal assists, one at the Hawks, 1.1 at the Swans. Average disposals, 15.2 at the Hawks, 15.7 at the Swans. What they didn't mention was the small issue that Buddy has won the two flags at Hawthorne. Unfortunately, none for him at Sydney. He did have his chances, but still, remarkably even, isn't it, over such a long period of time. And it shows you how consistent Lance Franklin has been at the top shelf over the journey. How do you guys see it? Closing in on a thousand goals, the age of 34, I know it can change quickly, still going okay. Nine year, $10 million contract expires at the end of 2022. He has missed a lot of football in recent times, but without tempting fate, and as I said, things can change quickly. I think he can get to the thousand goals and hopefully see out uh, this contract, which turned the football world upside down the better part of nine years ago. You're welcome to have your say on that throughout the rest of the evening. We better take a break. Plenty more still to come. We'll get to the Coach's Corner, the Magoo's Report as well. And I do want to know what's grinding your gears from the weekend, not just in footy, but in sport. A lot of the nominations coming through off the temper text already. Let us know what's grinding your gears, and we'll finish off the show with that a little bit later on. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off as well. Essendon, Renault Traffic Sales Avant is also now on. Some news just in as well via the Fox Sports uh, website. Tom Morris reporting that Taylor Harris will play for Melbourne next season in the AFLW competition. Obviously, they couldn't come to uh, terms on a new contract at Carlton. A lot being said about uh, the price that she might have put on her head, Taylor Harris. Well, regardless of all that, Melbourne... We'll have her on board, uh, according to this report from Tom Morris, in the AFLW season next year. The key forward uh, moving to a new club, and she'll put on uh, the red and the blue next year. Let's get into the coach's corner, shall we? 
Some of the best coaches' uh, press conferences from across the weekend. Obviously, the Saints having a tough time of it this year. Brett Ratton, their coach, saying he wasn't going to buy into the doom. That's what it feels like from, uh, you know, the, what it feels like inside is completely different to what the, uh, the narrative is, is outside because we're five and six. Yes, we understand the, the inconsistency of our performances and, and what we've done throughout games, which is not acceptable, but, you know, we're, we're five and six and, you know, we'll get a few of these players back in the next few weeks and it might be post-buy that we get them back. But, you know, for us as, as a group, um, you know, we're not listening to the the narrative outside. You know, we've we've got the uh, ball in our court, as everybody keeps saying um, internally. So it's up to us. But you know, there's still a lot of footy to be played and um, a lot to get out. And um, you just never know. But um, yeah, we we don't we don't sort of listen to the, you know the woes, the Saints' woes, and all that. We're, we've we've played some. You know, you've got to win. We've virtually nearly won half our games and and hasn't played that well this season. So um, we've we have some opportunities in the next few weeks and and then post the buy as well. Brett Ratton there. Gee, they've got their issues, haven't they? They've got the Crows probably up in Cairns this weekend. That will not be an easy game, the way the Crows uh, ask some questions aside at the moment. And they won't have Seb Ross. They won't have Tim Membry, who's, uh, who's been one of the better players for the season. Both of those players heading home for family reasons. And uh, poor old Jaron Geary. Jesus, there had a, been a player who's had a worse run of severe injury than uh, the former skipper. This time he's... Pretty nasty shoulder dislocation, his shoulder popping out. So surely he goes under the knife to correct that, given the pain that he was in and the amount of time it took for them to get the, the shoulder back in. What about what Collingwood had to uh, to do to get this game off the ground against the Crows? Speaking of Adelaide, the weekend just gone. The 60 hours of lockdown, we know the build-up, the testing before, the testing after. The hours waiting around in the cricket nets at the uh, South Australian Cricket uh, Centre over there before the game. Well, Nathan Buckley, the coach, well, he laid out the difficulties of the day with lockdown for his pies uh, after they broke through for their third win of the season. Personally, the um, the lockdown uh, over in Victoria was um, was not the, the the most difficult part. I mean, we were up at um, you know breakfast was at six o'clock this morning. We were out uh, on a seven thirty bus from our hotel. Um, the most difficult part of it is it was having we were tested in in Victoria yesterday and then we were tested again when we landed in South Australia and the reason we had to come over earlier was to was to get a negative for all for everyone to get a negative test um, landing in South Australia so that was the the reason for being here so early so um, you know we sat around the indoor cricket um, area uh, Sacker indoor cricket area for you know three and a half hours um, you know had a feed you know, boys, boys were getting up and having, you know, walks and stretches periodically, but there was a fair bit of downtime there. But, you know, we got to two o'clock, got to the change rooms, and then it was normal prep after that. Nathan Buckley there off the text. Buddy, better player at the Hawks, but a better leader at the Swans. Better value at the Hawks, but Swans have still got great value from him. Go number 23. And Dean's text in. Yeah, good on Taylor Harris. Should be playing alongside Daisy Pierce. I'm a Melbourne AFLW supporter until the Hawks arrive. And uh, Daisy did speak pretty uh, kindly of uh, Taylor Harris, didn't she, on SEM? What was that Friday morning, I reckon? Late last week. Um, and, in fact, Dom's text in saying it was obvious they were pitching hard for her um, off the back of that uh, chat with Daisy Pierce. Thanks, AFL, for the Dreamtime game which was a masterclass game, 31 goals and an absolute thriller. 
Uh, Richmond v Melbourne, Granny perhaps. It was a fair old game, wasn't it? Just when you thought Essendon were completely and utterly out of it, they charged to make life very interesting for Richmond in the last quarter. And then, as we know, the Tigers went whack with the last seven goals of the game. Well, Damien Hardwick, he spoke and he actually admitted that they got caught off guard by the Bombers' charge in the last quarter. Oh, I think there's some players that, that certainly lifted in that last quarter. You know, Shea I thought was pretty special in that, that last 10 minutes where we kicked those seven goals. But, um, look, the, the game sort of ebbed and flowed. You know, there's various stages. We were on top of the, uh, the post-clearance contested ball count and then, uh, then Essendon were. And, you know, unfortunately, there's a bit of a, not an error on my part, but we sort of knew Essendon would push hard forward at three-quarter time uh, in the last quarter. And I sort of forgot to mention that to the players and probably caught us off guard a little bit with regard to our our preparation defensive set up for that. So uh, I was a little bit disappointed in myself, but the players got it uh, got it together by the end and we uh, managed to get the result, which is a lot better. Damien Harbick there. One of the big reasons they did get the result was yet another blinding performance from Shea Bolton. 21 disposals, three goals. Jeez, he's elusive, isn't he? An incredibly smart player, but a tough player as well. When it's his turn to go, he absolutely goes. He's a very hard man to get a, a hold of. He's also out of contract, of course, um, going to be really interesting to see what he does here. I think we all assume he stays. He should stay. It's an absolute no-brainer to stay, but he'll be sacrificing a fair bit of money to stay. And the people in the know say maybe on a contract somewhere around five fifty dollars to $600,000 a season at Richmond, but on the open market, certainly to get back to Perth, you'd think those clubs would be offer, offering him north of $700,000 a year. So he's 22 years of age only. 23 in December. So there's something to be said for, for doing your time, win your premierships, get your big paycheck later. Listening to David King earlier on today with Jared Waitley, that was certainly uh, David King's uh, reading of the situation for Shea Bolt. It's simple. Hey, hey, Shea Bolton, if you want to earn a million dollars a year, you can go and get it. But you know what? That'll still be there in three years' time. Right now, we're in the window. We've already won our flags and we're going again. We're, we've got probably two or three more opportunities here. So you can sit back and you'll hardly be a pauper. You'll be probably picking up seven, six fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Great money for you at your age while you build your your reputation, while you build your craft, while you destroy the competition. What we, we want to build you into the next Dustin Martin. So go and ask Dustin what it was like when he could have gone to the kangaroos. Like he stayed and look now. The money's the money now. It corrects. If, if, if your career goes on the trajectory that, that all these other clubs are telling you that, that it will, and, and they, want you to give, they want to give you that money now, they want you there now, but stay here, follow the course that Dustin's mapped out for you. That, that, that's, the, that's what happens. Put a five-year uh, period together of, of absolute brilliance and excellence, become a marquee player in the competition, then cash in. Th- this kid's going nowhere. I mean, why would you leave? Hard to argue with any of that, isn't it? David King uh, speaking on Jared Waitley, making a lot of sense on the Shea Bolton contract situation. Um, Essendon, they did lose this game, as we said. They lost Andrew McGrath as well. In the end, the scans have confirmed a grade two posterior cruciate ligament. Happened in the first quarter, of course. Uh, Josh Marnie, the football manager down at Essendon, saying that the co-vice captain will be sidelined for eight to 12 weeks. So a real blow for the Bombers who had... Been pretty impressive, hadn't they? Won their last three prior to the Richmond game as well. And so much to like about the way their season was unfolding in terms of their development and the young players at their disposal and the chemistry that they'd found in the midfield, of course, with uh, 
with Merritt and um, with McGrath and with Parrish as well. Ben Runton, well, he spoke after the game on where he felt Richmond put them to the sword in the Dreamtime Clash. Yeah, it was about the last 10 minutes, really. I think we, um, yeah, they started getting their hands on the ball around um, clearances in particular and started to, to get the territory. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, probably our start wasn't great. Um, and we had to we had to work pretty hard to find our find our way back into the game, which we did. And um, we probably had to use up too many petrol tickets, um, you know, at the start of that last quarter. And then, yeah, Richmond are just a pretty slick um, season team and they were able to, to finish the game off. And a really disappointing day for the Blues, of course, on Sunday against West Coast on neutral territory at the SCG. They went in as favourites and you could just tell within the first five minutes of this game that they weren't going to have the required intensity to compete. And uh, a very, very familiar scoreline then ensued. David Teague, he fronted the media afterwards, and he said that the Blues, he maintained, can be better than what they've shown. I, I still think this group has, has got better, a lot better football in them. Um, we're a fair way off where we need to be, but we've got better footy than we're delivering right now, and that's our job, to get the best out of our group. And um, right now we, we need to... We need to uh, we need to continue to improve and, and um, execute better under pressure. Execute came, kept coming back, didn't it, in that press conference? But for more on its defensive intent or lack thereof or structure, they just don't look like problems that can be fixed on the run either in season. These look like problems that are, that are ingrained. They're going to need another off-season to fix, new coaching personnel arguably to fix. And obviously, uh, as per the news in The Age just now, a big external review is about to take place, perhaps even fast-tracked. Luke Sayers doesn't take over the president until the end of the year from Mark LeJudice. But uh, as Sam McClure has reported, he's been in Sydney on business anyway, and he's been conducting some interviews with players and staff at the Carlton Football Club ahead of what you would like to think and hope will be a pretty widespread review to get to the bottom of it at the Blues and um, put their finger on the pulse there in terms of how they can turn it around going forward. It will be really interesting uh, over the course of the remaining weeks and months as to how the Blues see out this season because uh, the season itself in terms of finals are an absolute write-off now. Where do they go from here? We'll take a break. That's where we're going here after this I want to talk about what's grinding your gears, what stayed with you over the weekend in sport. You can get something off your chest. Drop us a text, 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text machine. We're here for Essendon GWM Havel, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on, and temper, a mattress like no other. Time on. All right, let's do it. What's grinding your gears? Get moving, Juddy. You know what really grinds my gears? No! God, please, no! No! I just think somebody owes us an explanation, that's all. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Yes, let's get it off our chest, shall we? Let's gather around, and let's get around David up in Townsville. David, welcome to Time On. Hey, Sam. Love the show. Get me through the end of my shift. Excellent. Um, so, my grind my gears is actually a bit... Um, about SCN, I, I actually worked on Saturday, uh, not able to watch it, so I listened to it on SCN, and the call was shocking. I cannot stand listening to Kimbo and Blighty carry on about Blighty's career, as good as it was. Just being a Collingwood supporter, this was hard to listen to and follow the game. 
David Blighty is a legend, an AFL Hall of Famer. That is like shooting Bambi, having a go at the great Malcolm Blight. Gee whiz, wash your mouth out, David. Uh, wash your mouth out. You know what's grinding my gears? The fact that we still talk about this, goal kicking. Okay, how can the goal kicking be so horrendously bad and we can have – has there been a weekend where we've had a more stark example of blokes spraying, spraying their shots all over the place? You've got Eric Hipwood kicking one goal four. You've got um, Jack Higgins kicking one goal six. You've got Aaron Norton kicking one goal five. You've got Tex Walker kicking two goals six. They are frightening amount of shots at goal. Talk about what might have been. And in the case of a couple of those games, certainly Higgins and Walker, they kick straight. They are the difference. They are winning their team that game. It is amazing that for all the advancements, and I know this is a Groundhog Day topic, that you can still have. It just goes to show the mental side of the game is just massive, isn't it? Once these players miss a couple of shots, you know, the demons creep in, the, the devil on the shoulder, so to speak, and um, they can't quite dig themselves out of it, can they? And it didn't matter what Higgins tried. He tried to play on. He tried to go quick. He tried to go slow. He just had one of those days where um, he couldn't make it happen. So, uh, But he had company, as I say. Amazing. And when you're a supporter and your side just can't hit the side of a barn, that grinds your gears like nothing else. Alex also hit on something here because it's around this time of the season that you hear it, don't you? Round eight is uh, – the top eight is set. It doesn't change. Alex, I couldn't believe Lee Montagna's comments that he thinks the top eight is already set. The Giants have three winnable games coming up. They should be in the top eight by then. They've got North Melbourne, Carlton and Hawthorne. What are your thoughts, asks Alex. Well, Alex, that might be true. What are they? Two games out of the eight, the GWS Giants. 20 points. And who the, who's going to fall out, though, is the question, isn't it, in the run home? So Richmond are eighth at the moment. You'd be a brave person to suggest they're taking Richmond's spot in the eight. West Coast have somehow got themselves to seven and five with a heap of cattle to return. And obviously some home games out west that their history says they're mightily hard to roll. So they're not bad placed. And then you've got Sydney, another game ahead of them at eight and four who just keep finding a way. And then you're getting into your real premiership contenders, aren't you? Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong and such. So who's actually coming out for your Giants to get in, Alex, is probably the question. But appreciate your text. You do hear that a lot. The top eight is set. The top eight is set. It's set until it isn't. All things are made to be broken. Uh, off the text, Lockett and Dunstall never did the... Kilometres, the fatigue is what kills goal kicking. That's a very good point as well. A lot of the players, you know, and the shot clock as well now, associated with these shots of goal, they're gasping to get the air in. So that's a valid point as well, composing yourself, especially late in game, like Jack Higgins was trying to do against the Swans up there at the SCG on Saturday. Brad, grinding my gears, that last caller. Blighty is the goat. I love Malcolm Blight. How could anyone have a go at Malcolm Blight? And plenty of nominations coming through for grinding your gears. David Teague, uh, the press conference is wearing thin on the Teague train. Remember the Teague train? How long ago does that feel now? All the momentum he had as the interim coach well and truly dried up. And uh, as we said earlier, that external review is about to take flight uh, at the Blues. And so well it should because they need to get to the bottom of uh, all their problems and their probably personnel they're probably strategy. 
They're all of the above. What grinds my gears is Collingwood supporters who complain about commentary when us mere mortals have to listen to Eddie Maguire commentate Collingwood games. That one's from Rob, the counterpoint from Rob. Good on you, Rob. Appreciate the text. Um, here goes Michael Christian again. Wilson from Fremantle offered one week for a whack in the privates, but Mills from Sydney last week got away with it. I called it last week. Some clubs, like the Swans, get looked after. It's a wonder he didn't suspend Sard for four weeks, clashing heads with the Eagles player Shepard. Sticks from Royal Parade. Appreciate the uh, the text, Sticks. So it's been a big show. Plenty happening on a Monday. Nick Cox is the Rising Star nominee for round 12, if you missed that. 23 touches, one goal, one. And he finally got the nomination, Essendon's first for the year. Kayla Poulter, very good too, of course. You get the impression that his time will come as well. Really like the look of him. So Geelong working on a travel exemption to get to South Australia. An external review about to take flight at Carlton. Go nowhere. Sammy Hargrave's got that and much more covered up next. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.